cold beers to sneak and smokes to bump all the good old days, yeah. You don't have to explain it, it's just the way you are. That country's in your blood now, ain't it? Like a tattoo on your heart. Well, there's a hell yeah inside of you you let out on a Friday night. And some people might call it wrong, but right here, yeah, everything's just right. It's called Raised Rowdy. Brother Cam, welcome to the Raised Rowdy Radio Podcast Friendship Content Session. <laughs> yes. Appreciate it. Yes, Mr. Cameron Marlowe, we appreciate you coming over to uh, the content cave here at Kurt's house. Nice, yep. man. Secret and location. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's right. definitely not in East Nashville. It's somewhere else for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you coming over. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but the first time I ever hosted an event was that one in the basement of... Uh, Your mom's house. The now no. defunct bar, BB King's. No way. That was my first. That was event your first I ever event? hosted. Wow, man. Yeah, that's pretty well, cool. I'd like helped like put on events, but I never had to like MC them or host them. Yeah. So you played that round, man. What year was that? 2018? 2018. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I hadn't even gotten to town yet. Or yeah. I, I had just gotten to town actually. Yeah, that man. was uh, fun, a huge bug night. on you. Hold on one second. Nice. Ew. Ew. <laughs> bug content. <laughs> Well, yeah, that was uh, my first ever uh, emceeing event, and I was so uncomfortable doing it the whole time. And I remember being like, Mr. Cameron Marlowe. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. I don't. <laughs> I think it was all a blur. <laughs> I was so nervous. That was one of my first like rounds I'd ever played in town. And like, yeah, I, I didn't know what was going on. There's all these artists that were there, and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just here to play a couple songs. And Hell yeah. Well, you sounded fun, great man. then, and you. you sound even better now, which is crazy. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. When did you move to town? Um, I guess three years ago now. So, yeah. not well. Well, so, yeah, is it? Yeah, I got about three years now. I thought it was supposed to be a 10-year town. Like, you're supposed to be in town for like 10 years before you get a record deal, not like two, or like, how does that work out? Well, man, I, I guess just blessings and uh, great management. And uh, I honestly, like, when I went to go for deals and stuff, like, or like meetings and stuff, I didn't realize I was going for, like, record label meetings or publishing meetings. I thought I was just meeting people. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, because <laughs> I had no idea how the business works. Yeah. I was like, well, what are we doing? And then... uh Come to find out, I was actually going for <laughs> for deals. <and laughs> found out later on. <laughs> Sounds like the Bull Durham answer, where it's like, oh, you know, we're just going to go out there and play the best ball, Lord willing. You know, <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Congrats. That's thank you, man. Fucking killer. When you have a voice like Cam's, that three years like goes real quick. That's after true. Ten years, you know. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. I remember we were talking about uh, you on the radio show because we play you on the radio. We've talked about you a couple times kurt always likes to like definitely like throw out there that he was in your music video oh yeah <laughs> very true <laughs> yes you were that was a fun experience man that was like in the height of like not in the height of coronavirus i guess but when it was still kind of weird to be around people maybe yeah, well, yeah. I, I didn't feel weird about it but it was they were like making sure there's only like five people in like the room at a time and all that and we all you know had to get tested or whatever yeah and yeah, the it was a, it was wild, man. That was a, I'd never shot a music video in like that kind of environment. So it felt different, but it was still fun, man. I, I love doing that and working with those people. Yeah. And, and Jeff, um, Jeff Johnson directed it, right? Yep. Yeah. He did a really killer job. Um, he was telling me that like they had to cut a lot of the stuff where it looked like there was a lot of people in it. So it wasn't like suspicious or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Such weird times. Yeah. Such weird times, man. 
it's it's weird too thinking about that like you're gonna look back at those videos and there's gonna be so many videos of just like one person in a room you know <laughs> or like yeah like three people in a room you know? <laughs> yeah I mean, when i shot canon's video it's just a video of him out in the woods by himself yeah well, and then when we did the cabin in the woods video there was like six people and like jeff is like a, a real deal like cinematographer i'm just like some kid with a camera essentially <laughs> Well, I'm, you know, 34, so I'm not really a kid, but I don't really know what I'm doing. So I didn't have like any waivers. I didn't do any coronavirus testing. <laughs> I should probably say it's on the podcast. No one but died. It was not as professional as the one I went to, you know, with yours. And uh, Colleen and I were both in it. But um, oh, well, you know, no one got hurt, so it's fine. Absolutely. Um, so it's like it's it's been cool to see your career blossom. So another thing that we talked about on the podcast is that like, first time that rob and luke facetimed you after you were on uh you know that that show for a while (laughs) (laughs) and kurt was talking about like how uh you know just watching that happen and then come now you're signed to sony same record label as luke right you write with rob a lot and i know you're friends with him yeah it's a crazy full circle stuff it was real crazy man because i I still remember the very first right it was actually my very first co-write i had never wrote with anybody and it was with rob and i had no idea what the hell i was doing (laughs) i mean we still joke about it it's terrible (laughs) rob will let you know too for sure (laughs) he's not shy about that kind of stuff he was actually super nice and he just kept his mouth shut and he smoked a lot of cigarettes probably out of stress but uh, (laughs) i was just sitting there i was like i don't know i'm just here for a good time You know, I, I listened to something recently, um, and, and it's talking about um, like p- artists learning to write, and a lot of in country music, like a lot of artists like yourself write their own music and cut their own songs. But that's not always the way it is in like pop music and stuff like that. And it does take a lot of time to write music. It's, in my opinion, one of like the hardest things to you could ever learn to do. It's not something that's quantifiable, so it's just such a hard thing. And I was listening to some podcast or something, and it was talking about getting to like that fourth record as an artist or as a band. And a lot of bands like peaked at like their fourth record, like Led Zeppelin four or something like that. Mm. That's like a lot of their best stuff. Um, so it's cool to like just be surrounding yourself with like great writers and just be in Nashville, you know, like having your ass here and like writing with other great people. It's just the probably the best thing that you could do for your career in country music, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. I, I think for me, it's like, Coming in so new and not knowing what I was doing or anything like that, this town is so great about teaching and uh, so great about throwing their arms around new people and mm-hmm. uh, really just, yeah, letting <laughs> letting newbies try it out and figure it out. And uh, I don't call myself new anymore, but uh, I definitely still feel new every time. I can, or not every time, but sometimes that I get in a room now with uh, some of these <laughs> great writers and I'm like, oh, man. I wish I had like 15 years under my belt <laughs> before I got in this room yeah. today. <laughs> I had a conversation recently with a buddy of mine named Keller Williams, and he's a Texas guy, so he always is a solo writer. He just writes his own songs. Wow. And he only writes when he feels inspired, and then you'll sit down and write a song in 30 minutes. Wow. But he doesn't write, you know, you don't, it's not like a thing he does often. You yeah. know, it's just, it'll come to him and he, he does that. And I think that's probably like, more common in the, in the Texas scene than it is in Nashville. Yeah. But I've read interviews with a lot of songwriters like Paul McCartney and stuff like that talking about songwriting is, at least in Paul's opinion, which I trust him, it's a muscle that needs to be flexed. For and sure. I was telling us to Keller, I'm like, like, I'm not going to tell you how to write your own songs, but like, 
people do this in Nashville. They write together and they do it all the time because there is like that lightning spark or whatever of like creativity that can happen when you're in the room, either with someone else or by yourself. But also there's just like the songwriting craft that needs to be developed too. I don't know. Like I'm sure you've started working on developing that kind of stuff too. Yeah, man. Uh, I think for me, uh, during the whole year of 2020, which we won't talk about, uh, that <laughs> was my that was my year of really just honing in and writing a bunch. Um, I sat and basically, yeah, I, every day, I, every day at least sometimes twice a day, I would write at least try and get a song or at least half a song done um, or two songs <laughs> if I was doubled up that day. And uh, I think that really helped me to learn um, the songwriting craft and the songwriting muscle. Like you said, mm-hmm. I think it's uh it's something that you really have to definitely work at every day. And now I've kind of relaxed a little bit, being able to go back out on the road. I pick and choose the rights that I really care about and really uh, are fighting for. And uh, sometimes I have to take a day off because it's I just need a rest day as well. So I, I no doubt, yeah. So it's it's just one of them things, I guess. Also, it helps to live sometimes so that you have stuff to write about. Absolutely, that's <laughs> yeah. a real thing, man. I feel like if you get too caught up in the songwriting thing, you start writing the same song almost, I, or yeah. at least for me, I, I definitely write the same song if I haven't had any experiences to write about. Yeah. And, you know, like I said earlier, everyone does it a little differently, but you definitely see like artists will hunker down and write for a little while, you know, cut a record, go tour, and then just kind of like rinse and repeat that kind of thing. Mm. And I think that that might give the like breathing room that you need to sort of step away from the writing and come back to it. But it's definitely like the 10,000 hours thing where it's like you do have to do it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like you can run into a good one early on or be in the room with like, you know, whoever name insert incredible songwriter there. But (laughs) it's definitely like I just have the utmost respect for songwriters because I'm not very good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you're a hell of a player, man. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Well, that took a long time, too. Absolutely. Um, man. And it still does for sure. Well, that's one of those things, too. It's like there's so many amazing songwriters in town that when you're in a room with another songwriter, whether they're your buddy or they're, you know, someone that has a bunch of hits, right? You're you're getting little pieces of information every time. Absolutely. You know? you're, you're gaining something or you're like, even if it's something where you're like, okay, this isn't what I like, but you know what you don't like then. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I think that's an important part of what makes Nashville so cool. And you have like your own clique. So I know you like have like writing folks, but you have like a lot of your own like buddies and stuff in town too that are all doing the same or similar things. Yeah. So it's cool to be able to have those shared experiences, both with the songwriters, but also with like other artists that are like working and grinding and trying to move forward. Yeah. Man. You know? Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, your project that you dropped in 2020. Okay. Um, at the end of the year. So you got to release like your first like, major project with a lot of songs so kind of like uh in my head if you're releasing singles single single that's great but it takes a few singles before someone can really understand like who you are or what you're trying to be as an artist so it's cool honestly like this early in your career to be able to drop something that's like hey this is where i'm at right now and this is who i am you know man uh it was so Man, like, I didn't think that I was even going to be doing music. So to be able to, like, really hone in on the songs that I was writing and uh, the songs that were outside that I put on that record that just felt like me and that were me, I mean, it was uh, it was a blessing to be able to just get in and actually get to record something. I, yeah. I mean, like, I had recorded a couple before, but some of them got nixed, and I wasn't really doing anything with them. And then uh, I went 
when I did this project, it had a purpose, and yeah. it was it was cool to really fight for that purpose and really fight for that uh, EP. And I'm so excited for the way it came out, and yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the new music that we're trying to work on. Yeah, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a cool time. Where did y'all track the EP? Uh, we tracked it at Sound Emporium. Yep. Hell room yeah. B. I yeah. love that room, man. It's a good spot. It's got a good vibe in there. Oh yeah. And uh, who produced were you? Uh, the EP was all Brad Hill. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's like I said. It's it's one of my favorite things to get EPs because, <clears throat> you know, the albums are great and I love that. But a lot of times with the newer artists or the artists that are like coming on the scene, an EP is like one of those things where it's like, all right, this is a statement, you know. Mm-hmm. So we always do like uh, favorite EPs of the year. And it's because like we like to focus on people that are like coming up and people that are next. Yeah. And uh, that's one of those things where when you get an artist that puts out an EP and it's dynamite, you're like, okay, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of this, it kind of, I never really had this thought before, but like it really makes like the Eric Church, like triple record and the Morgan Wallen, you know, like, massive double record even that much more of a flex just because of how expensive it is. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to worry yeah. or think about that price. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, they're able to write all these great songs, but it's also like they got to pay all these guys to come in and, and play with them and, you know, pay the bands and the producers and all the, this is craziness. That's just crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's, that's what like, it's like everybody's dropping singles or they're dropping like three albums at the same time. <laughs> yeah. It really is. There's no in between songs. at yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, like a wealth divide or something like yeah. that. Like the <laughs> top artists are dropping these. Everyone else is like singling it out or doing like a shot in a beer thing or whatever. Like yeah. Singles. Yeah. It's funny to think about. Well, never, one of those things too, where it's like, um, as an, artist right if you're an independent artist yeah it's about money right and then as a as a label artist it's about like what does the market want to consume right so once you're there and once you have uh a little bit of a fan base built then when you put out something like a bigger album or a full album then you have a base that's going to consume it and hopefully then you'll build that base from there yeah you know yeah i get that and it also man it's it's all about the music that I love. I mean, I, I wouldn't put anything out that I'm not fully in love with. So yeah. like all those songs, like God, they lived with me for a while. Uh, they were some of the songs I got pitched right when I first came into town. Some of the first songs I wrote when I came into town and it was like, man, just getting that out just was so rewarding to yeah. not, not sit on them anymore and have just acoustic work tapes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I know you've gotten to drop some songs to radio. Um, actually I have a, like a, a pretty funny story about sober as a drunk. Oh, do you? Yeah. So, um, you know, as it went to as radio, we drink beer right now. yeah, as we drink beer, sober is a uh, not, maybe we're not drunks, but we're definitely not sober <laughs> either. Yeah. Um, so we have the Rage Rowdy Radio, which is on Intercom Pittsburgh. So yeah. it's, and it's played during countable hours. So when your song dropped before it hit radio, we played it because we play whatever we want. And uh, yeah, my program do. director was like, you like that Cameron Marlowe song? You, play, you played it? I saw you played it, you know? So yeah. someone hit him up from your label. And uh, was like that. And then my program director had listened to it and he's like, I do like it. It's a great song. Hell yeah. So it's kind of neat that it's crazy that like they pay attention to that like one spin. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's neat to uh, just like have my program director that like got a call from us. Kurt and I playing your song on the radio. That's awesome. Neat. Man, that makes me feel good because um, if you haven't listened to the radio show, please do. But sometimes I feel like 
People don't. At least people I know don't since it's in Pittsburgh or whatever. Yeah, if it was in yeah. Nashville, I'm sure more people would. But it does take a lot of time to pick the songs and it yeah. does take a lot of time to record the talking in between and to put it all together. And just to hear stuff like that gets me fired up to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like the the media is changing so much, right? And of course we have like playlists. We have, you know, Rage Rowdy playlists and you know, we do our article and of course we have this podcast, but we still have that traditional radio format. Hopefully we can get it on in more stations, right? That's the goal. Please stations. Yeah. Please. <laughs> so if you're out there and you have a fun radio station that is in your area and you want to pick up Raise Rowdy Radio so you can hear Cameron Marlowe's music more, <laughs> <laughs> call him up and tell him to get Raise Rowdy Radio. We'll give him like probably the best deal ever. Basically. Yeah, true. Yeah. If anyone has uh, Bobby Bone's cell phone number, yeah. just DM it to me. <laughs> but man, uh, did you... so? When you went to radio, it was still like COVID, right? So did you do like a virtual radio tour? I did a virtual radio tour, and that was the weirdest thing ever. I mean, I'm very thankful and very blessed to even be on a radio tour, but it was still so weird because like you're not meeting these people in person, and you got to like really try to have that connection and like fight for that connection (laughs) over a a Wi-Fi connection that might not be that stable. So (laughs) some days were better than others, Uh, but now now that uh. COVID is starting to back and down or back down a little bit. Uh, we're getting to go back out and actually get Heck to meet yeah. these people in person. Okay, so, good. Yeah, hopefully I was gonna, it's gonna be better. Yeah, I was gonna ask uh, since we had Lainey Wilson on, and she was like the class of up and coming artists that were the last to do radio tour before COVID, and she was like kind of like you know I don't want to say like bitching, but she's like all these new guys that don't have to do radio tour. Like I wish I didn't have to do it, at, you know, because it's so many sleepless nights and you're up drinking with PDs and then 6 a.m. flights and you're playing three shows a day and all that. Um, do you ever feel like you missed out on that? Like, would you trade it? Or I, I do. I, I really I really do feel like I missed out on it because I, I feel like that's the best way to connect with people. And now I'm starting to re... Honestly, I'm going to redo Radio Tour to be. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I'm doing both. Uh, so I guess I haven't really fully missed out on it because we're about to hit everything uh, coming up with tour and everything, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I'm just glad to be able to meet these people in person and uh, really make the connection and hopefully let them play the single as much as they can. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, you said tour. Tell us about tour. Who are you going out with? Oh man, I'm going out with Brad Paisley, one of my Heck personal yeah. heroes. Uh, that was a wild day to hear that uh, that come mm-hmm. across the, the phone. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I was sitting in my truck. I was driving through Franklin, and uh, I was told that I was going out with Brad Paisley, and it did not even sink in. I got off the phone. I was like, man, it's a cool day. And then like two <laughs> days later, I was like, I'm going out with Brad Paisley. I need to get, <laughs> need to get my mind right. And uh, ever since then, man, I've been looking forward to it. We're getting ready for it. Next week is rehearsals. Yes. And uh, yeah, man, we're <laughs> I'm just, just glad to be on a tour. I'm glad to be playing live music again. Yeah, That's yeah. what I live to do and love to do, man. I got to catch you out at Myrtle Beach at uh, yeah. Carolina Country Music Fest. Um, so I got to see your set there. Uh, we were a little far back, but it was it was still great. Thank it was, you. Dude, it's good to see you out there on that stage and on that main stage, dude. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy, too. Like You see artists that are, like, are on the side stage or maybe on side stage for a couple of years. So like you're coming out swinging, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, that. after that year of COVID, right to the main stage on there, it was, uh, it was, had a big smile on my face the whole time we were playing, man. Man, that was my first... I guess festival that I was on a main stage that had that many people. Yeah. And uh I had never seen that many people out in front of me <laughs> like that. So that was overwhelming in the best way. Yeah. Uh, it was also my birthday that day. So that oh. was so that was like the best birthday present. And uh they brought us up shots on stage. We went out to on the trust and took shots. 
And uh, yeah, man, that was that's a memory I'll probably live with forever. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, it was also I saw him what a week later or two weeks later in Matt, Colorado. Yeah. And it was uh, not on the main stage, unfortunately, but on the next of Nashville stage. And people were singing along to your song. A lot of them were. Yeah. And it was really cool. And there was a great crowd over there, too, which man. was so fun to watch and to photograph you guys, too, which was fun. Yeah, those photographs turned out great, too, man. Thanks, man. Uh, but yeah, dude, just uh, I think it's been overwhelming because like we went from COVID and not getting to see anybody and we put all this music out and we're like, we don't even know if we have fans. I don't <laughs> I mean, it's on <laughs> playlists, but who knows if like that translates. <laughs> And uh, we went out there, and uh, man, hearing people sing the songs back and seeing mm -hmm. people like really getting into the songs, even songs that haven't been like fully released that are like just like stuff on like Instagram and YouTube, they're singing back word for word. And I'm like, man, how did y'all even find this music? Do y'all have like my work tape? Yeah, <laughs> banker. I don't know, but it's we didn't it's put so them out. cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but that's a that's one of those things, man. Like the. And you can see that, like, you could see that with Riley Green when he was on the come up. You know what I mean? You could see, like, it was happening, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and like Langston, before he hit, like, record deal, like, if you were at a Langston show, you'd see people singing back songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can kind of see it happen, right? Even before it happens. And with that year in between, you kind of miss some of that. But you got lucky enough now that you're, you're coming back out and it's already there. It's not like a little bit more every night. You know, where people are like a little bit more, a little bit more. Now you're like, oh, yeah, these people are, <laughs> or they're in, you know? Man. It's, it's also uh, fun um, that as much as the music industry has changed and is changing and forever will be changing, um, to have that old school kind of feedback, you know, yeah. where it's not, you're not looking at numbers. You're pulling an ear out and hearing people scream your lyrics. Well, you know, it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what yeah. it is. <laughs> that's what I live for, man. It's, uh, it's like, man, I poured my my heart and soul into this song for three hours, and I'm just glad to hear y'all sing it for three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really cool. Uh, yeah, it's something that I never thought I'd I'd ever see. It never gets old, and, you know. Like, I don't have any number one hits with Luke or anything, but still, like, like Luke's a buddy of mine. So I'm always, if we play Hurricane, and like, always like, he's like, ah, oh, fucking sing it. <laughs> and I always pull my ears out and hearing him singing. It's just like I just gave goosebumps like every single night. Man. So, man, I'm so glad music's back. Yes. Hell yes, Dude, man. Woo! Yeah. Cheers to that. Tales yes. from the front row. And <laughs> Kurt lives on the stage, and I'm watching the show. But <laughs> it's 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 cool experiences, man. Like, for me, just, like, being a music fan, like, getting to go out and see you play it at writer's rounds, which, again, like, when you're on the road, you're not going to have that much time to do stuff like that, right? So yeah. it was, like, it was a neat experience for me, like, just getting to town when the world was still kind of closed up. So I got to like get these intimate experiences with a bunch of artists like playing writers rounds and like being in town playing like maybe smaller events or maybe like playing these like club shows, you know, like when things were starting to kick back off uh, right when, uh, you know, big tours would have been normally happening, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's a, uh, it was super cool for me. Like, I feel like as crazy as 2020 was, it was like a blessing for me as a music fan getting to move to Nashville right then. Cause I got, I got like a year's worth of artists that would not be playing writers rounds that were there playing writers rounds, you know, specifically. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for freaking playing our writers round. Shoot, man. That was yeah. uh that was fun, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I just came off the road though. And I, I vividly remember not being able to even talk and I had to take a, at least two shots of whiskey and then <laughs> two more once I got to the bar just to get, just to get myself uh, at least 
burning through some of that phlegm that yeah. <laughs> was there, but we made it through it. But it was still that was a fun night, man. Yeah, we Great lineup, it. yeah, man. Hell yeah it's, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, we ask people to play our rounds, but we just appreciate it so much, man, because we know you're tired and we know you're coming off the road. You know what I mean? So it just that that it means enough, or that we mean enough for you to come out and do that, man. It just means the world to us and i can't thank you man. enough man no thank y'all i appreciate oh, yeah. y'all having us people were thanking me they're like thanks for having me like last night i'm like thanks for playing for free <laughs> yeah i'm like here have some cigars yeah like, here have know? some cigars you want some hats yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things too where it's like it's just a community that's here in nashville you know it's like uh as as just a guy that loves country music it's just crazy to me that there's so many folks that want to play our writers round. Like that's, they're like, Hey, I want to play. And I was like, dude, we're like booked up through like September. You know, <laughs> I'm like, maybe we'll get another event going or something. I yeah. don't know. But it's a, uh, it's crazy too. Like there's no other place in the world where that happens. You know, yeah, man. like you don't go down to Texas and see guitar pools like that. You know, it just doesn't exist. Right. Nashville is such a special place in that aspect, man, of, like I said earlier, it's like everyone really just throws their arms around each other, and it's like this big, small-town family. That, yeah. <laughs> and it's uh, it's really cool. And one of my favorite quotes that I've ever heard is, like, the bartender will sing you out of their table. It's yeah. like there's so many <laughs> there's so many talented people in this town that it's, yeah. it's wild. Well, they won't sing you under the table. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know, man. <laughs> there's also the classic joke. It's like, how do you find a good drummer in Nashville? Bartender, yeah. you know, it's like a very cheesy dad joke. Yeah, dad jokes are good though. Um, I know uh, we were. I was on the Muscadine Bloodline podcast, and they were asking me like Charlie was like, "Give me like five artists that you think are gonna be big." And I was like, Cameron Marlowe. Oh man, I appreciate yeah. that. Like, dude, one hundred percent. It's just easy to see, you know. Like you. again, like you see people in that crowd uh, that are probably there to see those bigger acts, but they know your songs, man. You know, and they're, that's because they're great songs, and it's because you have a crazy distinct voice. Thank you. You have one of the best voices we've heard in a long time. Super good. And it's uh, it's super distinct. When it comes on the radio, you know who it is, and that's so important for an artist, man. Like, like think about all of the biggest stars. When you hear them on the radio, you know what they sound like, and you have that distinct voice. I remember hearing Travis Tritt talk about that and saying, hey, when, when you hear me on the radio, you should know it's Travis Tritt, and when you hear this person on the radio, you should know it's them. So it's super cool to to see that and hear it. And that's one of the things I think about when I'm like thinking about like who's going to make it or who has a shot to make it, you know, because you could be the best ever and it still might not happen. You know, yeah. <laughs> just a weird world that we live for in. Sure, you know? For sure. There's there's so many great artists that never got a record deal. You know what I mean? So it's like it's one of those things where like the world kind of has to align, but there's certain things that will help you get there. And a voice like yours definitely helps. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I also enjoy that you're not scared to do an outside cut. You know what I mean? If it feels like a song that's your song, um, I, I I think that's there's power in that. Best song wins for me. Absolutely, you know? man. That's been my philosophy since I moved here. It's uh, I love to write. And yeah, that's uh, honestly just a huge passion of mine is being able to sit down and really write my music. But man, there's so many great songs that are just sitting in catalogs that nobody knows and nobody's ever gonna hear. Yeah, and uh, if one feels like it's me and like. I could have been in that room that day. That's uh, that's the song for me. I mean, it, yeah. especially if they stand out. Like, Sober as a Drunk's an outside cut. But yeah. uh, 
hear Justin Wilson's voice on that uh, demo that I got, I was like, good guy. And for anybody that doesn't know who Justin Wilson is, he's one of the best singers I've ever heard in my life. I was like, man. So that just stuck out to me. And I was like, I, I don't know how to replicate this, but I'm going to give him my best shot. Uh, but that song just, it resonated with me right off the bat. And I was, I was so glad that I got to cut that. Yeah, man. It's one of those things where it's like, uh, in my head, like there's power in being able to express your own song, but there's also some power in being able to express someone else's song. You know what I'm saying? Like to really make it yours and do it justice and let that emotion come out in your voice. And I think you do a damn good job of that, like that song specifically, man. Yeah, it's, I remember playing that for uh, Kane, and he's like, "This is a home run. This song's a <laughs> smash." Thank you. Yeah, and you wrote uh, on your EP six songs, and you wrote four of them. Is that right? Yep. That's great. Yeah, I love that. Appreciate it, man. In my head, that's like that's a great mix. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, I mean, again, if you got if you have 150 songs that you wrote and you want to cut all your songs, great. If they're if they're there, right? Yeah. You know. But in my head, it's like if you hear a song and it's just like, oh, yeah, this is can't. I can't not. Yeah, sing man. This. It fits yeah. my story. It fits the world and the hook, the melody. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, what if Tim didn't like cut "Live Like You're Dying" exactly. or something? Yeah, it's like exactly. for sure, the world would be not as good of a place, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's one of those things too, man. There's a uh, so many song crafters, right? Like you said, there's just so many guys and girls that have been writing songs so long. And it's great to get in the room with them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things where you hear a song and you're like, I love it. Then you're like, all right, can I get a ride with them too? <laughs> <laughs> like that's the move, you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah I'll sure. cut this song. Yeah. But, but yeah, <laughs> I also would like to be in the room with you and let's make another one that's this good. Absolutely. Um, who are, who's your publishing through? Sony. Sony. Yeah, Sony, Sony Publishing. Yeah. Yeah, man, and they've been great. Uh, Tom's my guy over there, yeah. and he's uh, he's been really good about listening to who I love to write with, and yeah. uh, really taking that into account and putting me with those writers. And uh, yeah. I'm starting to find some other outside people that I haven't wrote with um, that are becoming a part of my crew now, and it's yeah. it's been it's been a fun process to find the people that are really understand me as an artist and uh, writing with them and writing the songs. Heck yeah! And uh, who's your management? Uh, AMG. Awesome. Caitlin Madewell. Yeah. yeah. She's she's a badass, man. She fights hard for me. That name sounds familiar. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a familiar one. But um it's one of those things, dude, where like it's just cool to see you grow, right? From from seeing you on TV. That was the first time I heard you, and then just getting to catch you a little bit like around town. You know what I mean? When you were first starting to like come and seeing you super green and just seeing you now man like you get it now you know and you understand how the world works you understand your your songwriting is just going to the moon and you kind of get honestly your voice is even better right like that. you've like your voice was great back then but like you can really hear hear that you're coming into your own vocally you know what i mean no I appreciate you always that. had that super powerful voice but like you really know what to do with it now Thank you know you. and it's it's cool to see that and hear it live you know yeah, and uh, that. another cool thing is like listening to the fans man like putting out tequila talking you know <laughs> like people I, I like i remember seeing every time you had a post people were like when are you putting out tequila talking <laughs> you know like, i thought they were gonna mob me at one point but finally yeah we finally got to put that song out and the reaction's been great man that nuts. song's doing well 
And it's one of my, that was like one of my first rights in town uh, with Dan Isabel and Ray Fulcher. Yeah. And uh, it's a good, that's a good crew right yeah, there. It's a good crew. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that song is, uh, it's so fun to play live and people are singing it back already. It's like, man, it just feels good already. Yeah. It's just, it's one of those things where like, that's the craziest part about the internet, right? Is they could hear just like a clip of it or they heard you play it on a, a live stream or something and people just like, Fiend for yeah, it. Yeah, just like <laughs> clench on song. to it, yeah. you know? It's nuts. Like like with uh, Seven Summers for Morgan. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. That yep. song, people were just like, when's this coming out? When's this coming out? Like they had no choice but to release it. And I feel like that's kind of like Tequila Talking was like your version of that. I just remember like looking through comments on like all of your posts and they're like, when are you coming out? <laughs> tequila Talking. <laughs> My precious. <laughs> but but it, that's so cool to see because you see the passion in fans. And you can see it on a freaking timeline on Instagram or on Facebook, you know, and you get to see these people really give a F, you know, they care. And it's, uh, it's super dope to see that in someone. And that's when, you know, it's working, you know, when you already have fans that are like, no, I want this song that we heard a work tape on your story of, or, you know (laughs) what I mean? Or heard you play on a live stream when on your, on your broken down internet, you know? (laughs) And, And the cool thing too is, that you know the music industry has changed like so much like i've talked like at 10 times about already and like so artists make less they're not selling cds anymore and streams they don't make a lot of streams but like one of the cool things about like the industry changing is like the fans almost have equal say in a lot of things like as like the label does or on the artist and like i know like luke will put something out and just to get feelers on it and like People will like post a video of them playing something on TikTok and then that'll blow up and be like, well, this has to be the next single. So it's like the fans are choosing what is, you know, it's like, it's really cool. And to see, because like now it's not just the artist, it's not just the artist and the label, it's the artist and the label and the fans almost all have equal say in making important decisions like in your career, which is wild to think about. And that's a really cool aspect and a really cool way to look at the music industry right now, that the fans are driving the force. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that's how it should be. If they like the music, why not not put it out? I mean, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's so strange, too, because it used to be like you'd never hear any songs before the album dropped, right? Like when I was growing up, it was like you hear the whole album all at the same time. Maybe one single before, maybe. If they were, especially if it was like a radio artist, they'd drop a single and they'd put that out the radio and then the album would come, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Now it's like you get, as a fan, like you don't have to wait two years for new music, you know? You're getting singles or you're getting EPs or you're getting like... Work a, tapes. Yeah, yeah. sometimes <laughs> work, tapes work tapes on their stories, <laughs> yeah. man. Like that's nuts, you know? Or you put it on TikTok and just see if it works, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a crazy format. Have you been... Uh, Working on TikTok and stuff, or oh, man, I'm so old and so young at the same time. <laughs> I don't understand it, yeah. but I'm trying to. I, I really am. I'm. Uh, I'm not good at it. I know that, and I'll take that with a grain of salt. Same, <laughs> but same. it's a, uh, it's a great platform, and I mean, people are finding careers out of it. And yeah, can't be mad at them for doing what they love. Right. So yeah, yeah, man. Kurt just had his first video uh, pop a little. Yeah, I just posted a TikTok the other day. Yeah, nice. So it was just me playing guitar, sound check. So. But um, I like with any platform, there's good and bad things about it. Yeah. Sometimes like when I watch like older dudes, like try to do like comedy sketches, like and I'm just <laughs> yeah. kind of like, <laughs> you know, but if it's like, you know, if you're just I'm not going to tell anyone, I'm not going to gate gatekeep TikTok here for anyone, <laughs> but, um, you know, just put 
it's great for putting music out and like um, a friend of mine, Kaylee Rose, and so she's like, oh, this is going to be my next single. And then she texted me the other day. She was like, I did a music video for her. She's yeah. like, we got to do another music video now too because this song I just posted on TikTok has a you know 100 million streams or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making that number up. And then a week later, she texted me, never mind, this song has it now. It has double that or like whatever. Oh, wow. It's like craziness out there. And she has like no label, completely independent. Yeah, it's the Wild West out there. I mean, it really is. It's all for pioneering at this point. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, and, and the opposite is like, I feel like Instagram, sometimes you put stuff out and it's just kind of like just plink. Yeah, well, they throttle it. They want all your money. And they, they, yeah, they definitely yeah. do. They're like, hey, please, uh, $7,000, and then we will send this to everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> Crazy. It's just being an artist nowadays is, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of different things you have to wear so many different hats it's like you know especially if you're independent you're like taking your own photos and doing your own tiktoks and your videos and uh, self-producing your demos and writing your own you know it's just crazy yeah man a yeah, lot of work out there right now but uh hey at the end of the day this best industry to be in i wouldn't trade yeah. this industry for anything so i would do it 20 times over yeah hell well, yeah and that's as an artist that has a great team around you, it's like you realize how much of a blessing that becomes. Yes, you know, absolutely. You have people that are smart in all the ways that you like aren't the best at. You know what I mean? So it's like that's that's what really makes it work. You know, and it's it's so great to hear that you have a team built up that supports you and that like gets who you are as an artist and what you're trying to do and helps steer you in the right direction. You know, because if you try to do it by yourself, it's so freaking hard. You know, oh, absolutely. And absolutely. even even people that go like on TikTok, the ones that are the biggest stars had help doing it. You know, or got help shortly thereafter. You know, if a song popped, they get someone that does like a one song deal or does starts managing them, or they already had a manager and they ramp that up. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like if if you have a song and it goes viral and you don't have the right support system behind it, that's not going to make no. it work. Yeah, it's going to be a flash in the pan for right. sure. Right, exactly. So it's all about that team, whether it's through. You know, a formal management label publishing, you have all of that, which is great. You know, then you got it all squared away, you know. Yeah. But if not, like you kind of have to build that yourself if you're mm -hmm. not, you know. And as an artist in town, and I mean, how old are you? 24. 24. So, man, that's so young. It's so great. Um, <laughs> but like a lot of your boys are like on that trying to get a team, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to get a label, you know, trying to get a pub deal, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's like one of those things where it's like, you kind of realize how much of a blessing having that stuff is, you know? For sure, man. Uh, without my team, dude, I'm t <laughs> I don't know what I'd be doing. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably have left and went back to selling car parts in Carolina. Because yeah. <laughs> this music industry, like, I moved here and I had no idea what the hell a publisher even was. I thought it was a publicist, and I didn't even know what a publicist did, but I thought those <laughs> were the same thing. <laughs> and then I thought I knew what a label was, and then I got a deal. Obviously, had no idea how that worked. <laughs> so, like, just I'm just... I guess in the past year, I've finally figured out what everybody does. <laughs> and uh, after that, I signed my deal. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's so wild. This industry has uh, got so many movement, moving parts to it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I don't even know what the heck's going on, right? <laughs> yeah. I've, and Kurt probably knows more than me for sure because he's been in it. But like, I learn new stuff like almost every month, at least every every week. Yeah, I'm learning something new every day. Yeah, but I like just I just get on the bus and play the show yeah. and make sure that I'm there on time. That's pretty. That's all I got to worry about. <laughs> put, put the earphones in and take the pictures too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and take some pics. <laughs> yeah, 
And if you didn't have a team, then you wouldn't have time to do stuff like come over to my house and drink a beer and, and talk shop. So Absolutely, that's good. Man. Podcast content. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no appreciate doubt. y'all having me on, man. Yeah, I mean, of course. Uh, also, congrats on the uh, the sellout. The three, would you sell like thousands of tickets over there in, in Kansas City? <laughs> oh, man. That honestly felt like a hometown show for me. It was wild. There was, yeah, I think it was 3,500 was the cap. Jeez. We sold it out. And then... Uh, Patrick Mahomes and the whole uh, offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs came out and hung out with us, which they was work, wild. They work security like in the pit. You would think, man, they were standing side stage, and I was like, "This is the biggest security crew I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> and I'm already a Kansas City fan just because of family. Yeah, and uh, man, that was that was insane. That was probably my favorite show I've played yet. Uh, uh, it's, it's it was amazing. wild. That is so cool, man. I've uh, Dan Marino came to one of my shows one time, oh, and cool. it wasn't because of me. It was because he's friends with Darius Rucker, and I was opening for Darius in South Florida. But I did get my picture made with him, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like you don't realize who or how big and what footprint your music has, right? You're starting to get it now. Uh, well, I don't you know, know, man. We're going to keep on trying. <laughs> Dude, that's what it's about, man. It's a... Uh, it's it's cool. I, you played Slide and Ride, didn't you? Or did you play Slide and Ride? Mm-mm. No. I, th- I thought... Oh. Forget where you were playing. That was Carmen Marlowe. Yeah, <laughs> Carmen. Yeah. No, uh, you were you were played some show like right out of COVID. I forget what it was, but I remember seeing like video from it, and it was like one of your first shows back, and just like I, I, during those times, like when it, when the world was first opening, I was like, man, this is great. It's just like watching people knock the rust off, yeah. you know. And there was rust to be knocked off, brother. Oh, I played brother. a show at Marathon, and uh, I was really into it. I was just yeah. glad to be playing shows again. And little did I know that uh, I stepped up on a wedge, like one of the front field uh, speakers, and uh, my boots were just a little too new and were not scuffed up enough, and I busted my ass right there on stage. <laughs> and I was like, yep, a little rusty. <laughs> I got to get back into this. Is there a video of that? <laughs> there is a video. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it's on my Instagram. I even posted it. Uh, I was, yeah, I was like, might as well get this out here yeah. <laughs> before somebody puts it out on me. <laughs> I did. Um, I had a similar. I mean, I didn't fall down, but uh, we are you know, playing one of Combs songs the other day at, I think it was in Colorado. Um, I have a steel fill in like the second verse of when it rains and pours and I'm like the songs in G and it's not it's just not <laughs> and and I with all conviction played you know a half step higher than I should have and I just I went, it was like and I just rode my volume pedal down real quick and I looked over and, and our keys player and bass player just were like laughing at me <laughs> I gotta get that muscle memory back yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, man, where, yeah, and the live show gets better every time you do it, right? And Absolutely. your band gets tighter every time you do yeah. it, you know? And uh, you'll you'll put new parts in or change the song here or there, but the majority of them, yeah, you get the muscle memory, mm-hmm. you know? You know your runs, you know? <laughs> in the, and then you'll know them even more once you do it more, yeah. you know? That's a real thing. Yeah, man. Well, I'm just so glad it's back. Yeah, the world is back. You got some other festival dates coming up too, right? Yeah, a couple more festivals uh, here and there, and then yeah, mostly out this Paisley, this Paisley <laughs> so run, great. man. And I'm, I'm pumped. I don't know what I don't even know another word to say it, dude. I'm just. Uh, what was the so last cool. uh, Paisley tour? He had he had Riley out with him, so yeah, he always like has a cool yep. mix of he does. He knows how to like old and young. And yep. 
So. Mix it all together. Mm-hmm. Plus, he's so good at guitar. Just watch him. Try try to like learn that somehow. I don't Dude. know how to do that, but yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> sitting side stage just looking at the 62 amps that he has out there, and just like, what is this tone knob on that? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, he's one of my favorite shows. He's from West Virginia, and I'm from Pennsylvania, so that's like like the, one of the hometown boys. Nice. You know what I mean? Nice. So he would come up and play, but oftentimes we'd have to travel down to West Virginia to see him. You know, because <laughs> he'd play down there. But uh, he'd play every once in a while up in Pittsburgh at our shed, and it's uh, always one of my favorite shows. His, his he's an entertainer too, and oh, his absolutely. his show is so fun. You know, yeah. just, if you leave that Brad Paisley show with the not having a smile on your face, you're just living life wrong, <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. Yeah, man, I appreciate you coming out and BSing with us here and uh, telling us about a little bit about Cameron Marlowe, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, it's absolutely. Been a good time. Uh, tell us a little about this song that we're about to play. So uh, this is actually my newest single to country radio. It was its number one on the highway not too long ago. Yes. Uh, and we decided that with that being in mind, we were going to switch to uh, giving you up as the single to country radio. Heck yeah. So uh, yeah, now we're going to start from the bottom and uh, let's see, see where this one goes. Uh, we're yeah. feeling really confident about it. We're really happy with it. And yeah. I absolutely love this one, man. It's a, uh... Honestly, it's one of those songs that you're going to probably have to play for the rest of your life, whether yeah. it was a radio single or not. Well, it was so like... I'm glad it's a radio single. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. But it, was, it came from a real place. I wrote it about this girl that I thought I was marrying back in Carolina, and uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm even in Nashville um, was because of this song. I, I wrote it just for myself and then came to Nashville and decided to put it out on a whim, and I had never even heard a song go from an acoustic guitar to like a full production and uh, this was the very first song for me, and it means the world to me. So I'm just yeah. glad to be putting it out. So great to uh, to have that. That's such a, and that's a great story to tell when you're out there on that radio tour. You know, uh, it's I can't wait to hear it and play the sucker on the radio even more because we have actually already played it on the radio. <laughs> so uh, I just can't wait for more people to know your name, man, and just watch your career grow. Appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Yeah, thank you. All right, well, here we go. Some live right. country music. Let's rock. You ready? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. Hey, uh, shout out to Charlie, our handsome producer, yeah. uh, for making us sound good and making our audio sound good on the song that we're about to do. I hope I do a good job on the Dobro. And shout out to Action 24-7 Sports Betting. Tennessee's only Tennessee-owned sports book. Yeah, we're going to bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Chiefs to win the Damn Super right Bowl. We are. So <laughs> use code Rowdy if you're downloading the Action 24-7 application on your phone and you're in Tennessee, and we will match up to a $400 deposit dollar for dollar. I won't. Yeah. But, <laughs> but Action, action 20, will. Action will. I'm not giving anyone shit. <laughs> we, we don't have $400. Well, we might have 400 but that's about all we have collectively. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. Let's get to it. All let's right. do it. One, two, three. Don't you dare try and reappear After you already got me standing here I can't believe you'd come at me Looking for a little bit of sympathy like who was it the one you left on a long cry Looking like a hot piss 
Don't show your face round here anymore, honey This is something you better get through your head Cause I'm getting you up Just like I did them Marlboro lights And I'm getting you up The same way I did the whiskey on ice And it's all so tough You turn me into a man I don't even recognize I'm getting the same way you did me in the moonlight What the hell are you thinking coming round to this Completely uninvited, messing with my brain again Couldn't give me the satisfaction to forget You existed so look when I thought I'd finally find the end Don't be coming over looking for a conversation Dropping little hands But you want me back again Cause I'm so sick and tired of them little lies You tell my soul here is all I'm saying Be better listen then Cause I'm giving you up Just like I did them Marlboro lights And I'm giving you for the same way I did the whiskey on ice And it's all so tough You turn me into a man I don't even recognize I'm giving you up The same way you did me